Think about the number of people who have gone on a mission trip and made a picture of them helping someone in poverty as their profile picture. Hello and welcome to Rooted Together Podcast, the podcast which aims to root you in Christ through His Word together. I'm your host, Charles Hegwood, and today we are in Matthew chapter 6, where we will be continuing our discussion of the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus begins to focus on citizens of the kingdom live countercultural lives from the world in how they act, pray, fast, keep treasures, and approach the worries of this world. You see, believers' lives are marked by pleasing the Father in life, in prayer, in fasting, treasuring, and worrying, meaning how we worry is important to God. It's not a trivial matter. As we give an overview of this chapter, we will see Jesus continues his sermon on the mount, very famous sermon. It lasts three chapters, four, five, or really five, six, and seven. Matthew records his teachings on different motivations by which believers are to live. And I want to focus on the motivation and the thought behind the action here in this chapter. It's between how the believers live and how the world lives. You see, in the last chapter, you saw many, you've heard it said, But in this chapter, you will see, don't be like, but instead be like. That's my paraphrase. Anyway, Jesus compares and contrasts life in the kingdom and life for those not kingdom bound. So let's first look at righteousness. What does righteousness and good works look like in the kingdom versus one through four? Well, social media has created an increase in temptation to show ourselves in a different light to the world. To Basically, we can be who we want to be. We can mask who we truly are. Think about the number of people who have gone on a mission trip and made a picture of them helping someone in poverty as their profile picture. While there's nothing wrong or inherently wrong with that, the the issue is you have to begin to call into question what is the motivation. And there's an increasing temptation to go on a mission trip and take a picture for the sake of being able to show people what you were doing. It raises the chance of seeking out opportunities to help bolster your image on social media instead of helping people for the kingdom of God. For people, helping was only done when eyes were on them. You see, that's that's the issue Jesus is combating. There are these people who will help the poor, who will help the downtrodden, only when people are watching and only if people will see. And we know people like this. And maybe perhaps that there are times we struggle with the temptation to be like this. Jesus desires, however, his followers to help others and be righteous, even if no one else will ever find out. When the cameras are off, do you do good works? When no one is looking, do you help the poor and tell nobody? Do good things because of who you love, because you love God, not because you want the applause of people. Again, just as in chapter 5, the theme is the thought and the motivation or we could say the heart behind the action, being more important than the action itself. It's good to do good works. It's good to feed the poor. 
It's good to help those who have been downtrodden. Jesus is concerned that you do it for the right motivations because you love them and you love God, that your reward is from the Father, not from the praise of people. And that moves us on to the second part here, which is prayer. And that's verses 5 through 15. And we're going to throw in fasting as well, 16 through 18. We're going to combine those together. Both are good things. Perhaps you've met a person who always likes to pray out loud at church and or at meetings. It quickly becomes a show of, look at me pray so well. They want the eyes and they want the attention. And Jesus calls such people hypocrites or actors. They're acting. They're giving the illusion of spiritual intimacy to garner worldly attention. Jesus will then direct our prayers to be to our Father. We pray to him and not to an audience of people. So let me briefly say that this passage does not mean, and, and this is important, we, it does not mean that we can't publicly pray. That would be misunderstanding the text. And there are people that read this very literally, and it says don't pray in public, and they, they therefore they're against all aspects of public prayer. That's not at all what I'm saying that Jesus is saying here. I don't I don't believe Jesus was teaching that. He himself prayed publicly. He prayed in front of his disciples. It's okay to pray in front of people, but here's the thing. The meaning is this. It's it's about it's about motivation and direction. What is our motivation for praying in public? Our motivation for prayer in public or in private should always be to connect with our heavenly Father. And the direction of our prayer, the direction of our prayer is to the Father and for his purposes. Our direction is to be kingdom-driven, not worldly-focused. And the third one is our mode of prayer. I guess let me add a third thing. Our mode of prayer is important. We need not to appease or flatter our Father. Instead, humbly, simply cry out to him. Isn't it a relief that you don't need to use big fancy words or repeat the same phrase to garner God's attention? You don't have to manipulate God into listening to you. He already does. In fact, Jesus says he already knows what you're going to ask before you ask him. And he gives us a model prayer because he wants us and longs for us to connect to the Father. We also connect to the Father in how we fast. We don't fast to say, hey, look at me at how holy and, and spiritual I am. We fast to seek God. And so when you fast, you have to ask yourself the motivation behind it. Are we fasting to seek God or the praise of man, to be seen as holy or to be seen seeking God? Well, we move on very quickly to the third part of this chapter, verses 19 through 34. In verses 19 through 19 through 24, Jesus says that citizens of the kingdom serve God and God alone. Our treasure, this is where very famous passage uh, where we put our treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal. Why? Because our treasure is to be the Father and His glory, not the things of this world. We must avoid placing treasures here on earth. And we may ask, well, how do I do that? It's where your heart is. That's what Jesus is saying. To put your worldly treasures here and to put your heart on those treasures pulls our allegiance to this world. This leads to a discussion about anxiousness. I mean, notice that Jesus connects the idea of putting how we value our possessions and how we worry together. It's one thing. There are three therefores. 
in the rest of this chapter, to call citizens of heaven to lay anxiousness down at the feet of our Father. Citizens of this world, in action and motivation, lay up treasures here while they're on earth. And the result, if you put your motivations and your actions and your treasures on this earth, results only in anxiousness and serving money. And it's a harsh and it's a fickle master. But instead, like the model of Jesus that he's laid out for us, please the Father by what you treasure and put it in heaven. Let your faith in the Father to not worry so that we don't worry about the things of this earth. Our anxiousness and our stress, they are markers of a heart problem. And we live in a day and age where many of us can relate, especially with the pandemic that's going on and all the political strife that we see on the news. And let's just face it, our news channels love doom and gloom. And we read on social media all these negative things, and it causes us to be anxious and to stress. And that's a natural reaction at some level. But here's the thing. If we allow it to overcome us, it is the result, as I said before, of a heart problem. We have treasured this world, whether it be treasuring money, possessions, security, political allegiances, whatever it may be, it results in our treasures not being in heaven or on God. He must be our highest treasure. So lay down your worldly masters to pursue our heavenly king today. So as we wrap all this up, let's wrap it up this way. As we pursue God as king, and live on earth as citizens of an unearthly kingdom. Pursue in motivation and in action. Let your motivation drive your action to give, to pray, to fast, and to treasure for the Father. Do all things to connect with our King and not for man's praise. For man's praise is fleeting and fickle. Instead, pursue and give your all to give for God's glory Pray and fast to grow closer to him and treasure him alone above all other things. And do not be anxious. I'd like to thank you for listening, and I look forward to joining you in chapter 7 next time. I'll see you there. <laughs>